Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Masting Kit Podcast. I'm your host, Masting Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that. And my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. If you try something, does it always work out? No way. And things are going so quickly today that if you just keep trying the same thing over and over and over again, even within a month or two, things change quickly. It's amazing how fast things change today. It's crazy. Now, we do our best to keep up on all that stuff and then go, hey, this is the focus on. But if you're in the psychological therapeutic world, these are called executive functions. So when you have a mental health response or when you're not feeling good consistently, executive function is low. So what types of things help you improve executive function? Sleep, meditation. Exercise. There's a wellness revolution happening. Do you want to know why? It's so that we have better executive function. That's the that's what we're going for. Because when we have executive function, you can feel a feeling. And go, hey, I'm not going to say that to that person. <laughs> it's important to understand is you have to learn how to identify and embrace your gifts, and this all ties into executive function, emotional regulation. Because when we start to look at what your gifts actually are, you're going to find out that most people said. Oh, don't do that. Do this thing. That's not important. Be quiet. You're too much. You could never do that. Men, women could never do this. And all of a sudden, going towards it represents literally breaking all the rules that you've followed most of your life. Like, one of my biggest rules growing up was don't upset your mother. Okay? Me. Okay? Me. And I'm the one that's like always has to talk about under the rug. I was born like that. I don't know why, 
But like, I will be the guy that's like, you know, there's some subtext in this room. I don't think we, I think we should, what's up? What's going on? Let's talk about it. No one, I'm like, I was so surprised. Nobody wants to talk about it. And then I didn't understand it was all about trauma and things that were unprocessed. But for me, it was just like, something's going on here, right? And so for a long time, it was just basically like, don't talk about it. That was the message I got because my mom was in pain and makes sense. So as I started getting into coaching, do you think there was hesitancy for me? There was a ton, especially because the second rule was never hurt her. Don't cause her more pain. So for me, it was like, wait a minute. So I had to, I'm going to say this shit on my mind and now she's crying. Could you imagine how hard it was for me when I first got started? The first time I had a female client who was crying, I was like, like, oh my God, what did I do? I didn't realize that that was maybe a good thing. I didn't realize that there was a difference between momentary pain and long-term suffering. I had to make these distinctions because probably the thing I'm the best at is getting down to the root cause emotionally of what really hurt or helped someone get stuck, finding out what that thing was, and then helping create levity around it and freedom from that. Do you think there might have to be some instigation during that process? What do you think? Some confrontation? Do you think there might be tears? Yeah. And it took me a while to like step into that stuff because I was like, these are all the rules that I was not supposed to break as a kid. And now I have to do them so I can eat. You know, like so confused. But also because it's also painful for people to talk about this stuff. And you know, one of the first awarenesses I had was when I saw Tony Robbins speak for the first time. It was, uh, gosh, about 10 years ago. And I was so impressed because he was like instigating and saying like the word and like all these other words, but people were laughing. And I was like, okay, but he does it. People laugh. When I do it, they get angry. What, what am I doing? What's off about me? Something, I'm doing something that he's not doing. What is it? So I just watched. And I just watched and I watched and I watched. And I just started coaching. I just started saying stuff. And I started putting myself out there. I would watch how people would respond. The greatest gift that Tony gave me was to realize that you can be direct and serve people. And we have different paths now, but that was a great gift to be able to see that demonstrated. And that's something that was not praised in me growing up. I had to cultivate that on my own. And every single time I did it, it got to a point where I felt like I was breaking the rules I was never supposed to break as a kid. Who follows? Does this make sense? So when we step into finding out what your gifts are, the part of you that's used to just status quo is going to be like, no, anything but that. Right? Because you were told, don't do that. You can't make money doing that. It's not possible to do that. And you're taking advice that's probably rooted in trauma from the 30s in 2018. It's a different world, okay? So what is the difference between a gift and a strength? This is a question that we get. So before we find your gifts, let's define it. Ah, very good. So a gift is like a natural tendency that you have, something that you're really good at, time flies by, right? Where you just, and you, a lot of people discount their gifts as like being worthless because it's so natural for them, right? A strength is something that you've just cultivated consistently. It's almost like a, like a high-functioning skill. Do you think that there's strengths and skills that you have that are not gifts? Yeah, that's called most people. <laughs> The messaging from most people's parents is, go to school and learn a strength that's not something you love so you can make money and survive. They're like, gifts? Fuck that. Right? 
And that maybe made sense in the context of the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. But 90s on, and especially today, makes no damn sense. Because AI is going to come in and do most of those skills for us pretty soon. And But what they don't have is gifts, emotional gifts. And pretty sure, though, don't know, but I'm not sure AI will have a spirit. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, I'm open to it. But, you know, that's the one thing that, like, they can't program is, like, you know, that type of thing. It's still, you know, high-functioning rocks, basically, right? So Gallup says this, a strength is the ability to consistently provide near-perfect performance in a specific activity. Gifts are naturally recurring patterns of thought, feeling, or behavior that could be productively applied, but they're different. A strength is I can do this every time and be pretty good at it. For me, growing up, and when I got into uh, the music business, I could put a band on the road, I could understand how to do marketing, I could work a single at radio, I knew how to do budgets, I knew how to do touring, how to put tickets on sale, I knew how to walk down the red carpet, I knew how to navigate PR and press, and I remember like 2008-ish, 2007, we had a client, Narles Barkley, that won a couple of Grammys, which was like my goal. I wanted a client that was winning Grammys, because if they won Grammys, then I would be the man. I don't know. And I was walking CeeLo Green down the red carpet at the Grammys, and I felt like I was in high school. And I was like, the f*** is this I'm seeing all the famous people, everything on the other side of the camera, like all that stuff. And I was like, I don't work how long to be here and I don't want it? Great. Right? And I basically left the industry very shortly thereafter. And then the daily love came up and the same thing started to happen. I'm like, what is this fucking thing that all of a sudden I do all this work and I get there and I don't want it? And it's because I wasn't being self-aware of what really fuels me. You know what fuels me? Curiosity and having real conversations. That fuels me. I like getting down to like the real. If you have a conversation about the real shit, I can do that forever. But having like, how are you type of conversations, that's nice for like, I don't know, basics. But on a day-to-day, I couldn't live there. Which is why I'm not the guy who's just be like, yo, imagine a miracle and there it is and here's your affirmation. Like, that's not me. That's not me. That's more entry level. That's more like 101. I like to hang out deeper. And there's nothing wrong with that type of stuff. It just bores the shit out of me. Because how many times have you tried to say a fucking affirmation and then your nervous system is like, no, you're not. I'm like, what's that? What's the no, you're not? Where'd that come from? And nobody was talking about that, Right? And so you have gifts that are not skills yet. So you think you're not good at them, but you actually are. And those gifts come so naturally that you tend to discount them. Like I tend to always be able to see through someone's bullshit and have a pretty good guess as to what's going on since the beginning of time. I can remember that. I can watch someone and go, they're probably lying. Here's what they're probably really saying. I can tell. And it drives me nuts sometimes. For a long time, it was like, is anybody else sane? Like, can anybody else see what's going on? And then I started to find my tribe and stuff. But it's weird. When you tell truth in a world that doesn't want to hear it, that's a weird thing. You know, it's a weird thing to do. To be able to read someone's body language and have a pretty good estimation of whether they're telling the truth or not. You know, I didn't realize that most people, or at least that I've met, can't do that. Picking up little subtle things in their, in their tone of voice or when the things that they're saying, little inconsistencies. Because the thing is, especially with clients or also anybody, little inconsistencies mean what? There's probably bigger inconsistencies down below. I want to find that shit. <laughs> right? And I was so surprised. Nobody wanted to find that shit. You know? And I was like, okay. 
I guess I'll just, I don't know, coach this person. And then eventually I started to get more and more clear, but it's been a discovery process and taking time to find confidence in. And then there are things I'm good at that I don't want to do anymore. Like, I don't want to put another band on the road ever. I don't want to ever do a tour budget. I don't ever want to do another single to radio. Radio is basically dead anyway. But the idea is, is that that's not fun for me, right? And there are people in this room, maybe they were an accountant. And that could be a skill set that they had, but maybe they're really gifted at something else. Now, here's what's ironic. When you start getting in the realm of your gifts, what do you think that's almost directly correlated to? Yes, purpose, and also trauma. They're directly correlated. It's almost opposite sides of the same thing, which is why we have the contextual conversation first. Because we usually just teach about gifts without informing about wounds, and it seems to be that when we get into gift world, it's also kind of associated with the greatest wound. It's very fascinating how that's correlated. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, we'd very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we'd very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.